0: You're listening to a Natural Products Insider podcast, now on Google Play, with Judy Bazzazzaro, Senior Editor. Brought to you by SupplySide West, October 15th through the 19th in Las Vegas. and welcome to a supply side edition of the healthy insider podcast series i'm judy bizazro and with me on the phone today i have rachel zemser who is a certified food scientist and certified culinary scientist and owner of the food science consultancy a la carte connections rachel will be speaking on the blurring the line between food trend and fad workshop taking place on friday october 18th at supply side west in las vegas rachel thanks for joining me today
1: Hi, Judy. It's great to be here, and I'm really looking forward to Supply Side this October.
0: As a food scientist consultant, I'm sure you've seen your fair share of product successes and failures. I think it's safe to say that the food and beverage industry is constantly evolving, which means brands must predict market trends and consumer demands, and then have the ability to launch an innovative and tasty product. What advice do you have for brands or entrepreneurs looking to get into the clean label space?
1: Clean label is such a popular buzzword right now, and so it's really important that entrepreneurs really define for themselves and their companies what clean label means to them, and make sure that they relay that information to their food formulators, like me. In other words, define clean. It's also really important that entrepreneurs don't get so caught up in ensuring that all words are recognizable on their label versus creating a product that tastes great. Entrepreneurs should really educate themselves on functional ingredients like guar and acacia and xanthan gum before rejecting them in the product. Those ingredients can really make a big difference in the final formulation functionality.
0: Yeah, you're totally right. And um, key to successful product development is understanding whether a product is part of a lifestyle trend or fad. And that's really what we're going to be talking about at Supply Side. But making products to cater to consumers who are wanting... Uh, products that are gluten-free, keto, vegan, FODMAPs, can really present pain points for product developers. Can you talk about uh, ingredient selection and the ability to scale up, as well as formulation challenges and solutions for those types of
1: products? Absolutely. Every product category has its own unique set of challenges for formulating ingredient sourcing and production. But luckily there's been so much work done that there are solutions available. And, of course, many of those solutions can be found at the Supply Side Show, which is why I'm so excited to go. I'll be able to dig around and see what's new on the market to help me formulate gluten-free and keto and vegan and FODMAP and other lifestyle uh, formulated products. Um, gluten-free is probably one of the easier products to work on. It's, you know it's, There's been a lot of gluten-free work done. There's lots of ingredients out there. And it works really well with products like crackers or crunchy items, but it doesn't work so well in items like bread, cookies, and baked goods. Without the gluten, you know, making them gluten-free, these products just don't have that nice chewy texture that we like, and we, the food scientists, have to use gums and other flours to try to recreate that texture in the mouth. You know, luckily, uh, gluten-free consumers have adjusted their expectation, and that makes it easier for us knowing that our gold standard is not to match the texture of red, but to have our own winning textural experience. Keto, um, which is the newer uh, lifestyle product concept on the market, you know, all the entrepreneurs are trying to come out with the next keto cookie, keto bread, keto baked good. And this is a very, very, very challenging category because true keto is extremely high in fat and protein, but really mostly high in fat and with minimal, minimal carbs. And so now we're not only talking about gluten-free, but we're also going grain-free and low in carbs. So any flour of any sort, even almond flour, has some carbs in it. So entrepreneurs, um, they want these products to be shelf-stable. They want something that they can sell unrefrigerated, like bars and cookies and shelf-stable drinks. And, you know, if you can just imagine creating a cookie or a bar with 50 to 60% fat, no carbs, minimal carbs, and protein—you know—you're going to get something that's that's, you know, fairly greasy and mushy and soft. So it's, you know, while it may not grow bacteria because there's no water in there, it's all been baked off. It, it can, it's definitely, uh, it, it's a very challenging space. The products become out greasy and oily. So we're, you know, and food scientists are looking at other fats to work with that you know don't melt as readily or are not, you know, don't leach out oil, but but it's tricky. It's a, it's one of the harder categories. Vegan, vegan's been around for a while, and there's actually lots of great vegan protein alternatives on the market, like pea protein and rice protein and hemp protein. There's coconut protein. There's a lot of protein powders out there that can be used to make things like bars and cookies and dry mixes and, uh, you know, fake burgers and, and, you know, things like that. So vegan's, you know, going pretty well. There's It really comes down to, you know, are there ingredient options that that us, the food scientists, can work with to create these products? And vegan, there's plenty just because it's been, they've been working on it for so long. Probably one of the biggest challenges with vegan products is taste. Uh, Vegan protein powders and vegan ingredients that are basically being used to replace the better tasting. Whey proteins and and you know meat and eggs and things like that. It just doesn't have as good of a flavor. So it ha- food scientists have to get creative in how they work with it and the levels that they use. The FODMAP diet is a is a newer is a you know kind of like keto. It's it's almost like the anti the anti keto uh, diet. Food, FODMAP is for people who are sensitive to sugar alcohols and. Uh, dietary fibers and ingredients that don't, you know, really digest or break down the same way. So they are now those those kinds of products. The FODMAP products are actually almost like old school '80s bars. We get to use glucose syrup and brown rice syrup, regular rice crisp um, grains, even sugar is okay. So FODMAP is 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 to me, it's it's more of a The the challenges are are probably more around marketing and educating the consumers about what it is, but from a functional standpoint, it's actually much easier to create FODMAP-type products. Okay, great. Can you
0: give us some examples of hits and misses in some of these foods?
1: Yeah, I think that entrepreneurs sometimes get so caught up in meeting a particular label claim that they forget that their product actually has to taste great if people are going to rebuy it. A wise developer once told me, increasing or decreasing in an ingredient for a marketing claim always takes you farther away from the desirable consumer mouthfeel. And this is so true. I've tasted some pretty horrible bars out there, like cookies that are so high in egg white protein powder that they stick to your teeth, and baked goods that are so high in the sugar, alcohol, erythritol that they taste like toothpaste or mouthwash. I've also tried some keto bars that have oil leaking out of the package that are that high in fat. You literally rip open the package and oil is oozing out. And from a manufacturing standpoint, co-packers sometimes have trouble sealing products that have too much fat in them because the fat just begins to seep into the packaging, not allowing them to have a good seal. So, you know, I, I just feel like it's really important that sometimes these entrepreneurs have to really look at the big picture and figure out, how extreme they want to go in their shelf-stable products that they want to sell. I mean, it's different if you're at home. You know, you can, you can cook a hamburger and that's keto and you're going to eat it right away. But for self-stable, these extremes can present a lot of challenges and it can result in undesirable products.
0: Well, and that is why you are going to be speaking at Supply Side. Um, you're just a wealth of information. So, again, this is just really a glimpse into the types of topics that Rachel and our other panelists will be talking about at Supply Side West. But, Rachel, do you have anything else you'd like to add before we wrap this up?
1: You know, I guess just overall, you know, simple and clean labels do not always equal the most optimal formula. And you know, it's important to always look at the big picture, understand your ingredients and how they function and don't ignore the science. And that's why shows like Supply Side are just great opportunities for food scientists like me. I mean, I try to hit every row and every booth for fear that I will miss out on the newest and greatest ingredient that may help me formulate my next lifestyle product um, and get ahead of the competition.
0: We'll be sure and wear your uh, comfortable shoes. <laughs> it's a huge trade show this year.
1: Yeah, no, um, no three-inch heels for me at Supply Side. No.
0: no. Rachel, thanks so much for joining me today, and I look forward to seeing you and hearing you speak in Las Vegas. I look forward to being there. For more award-winning podcasts from industry experts, go to Insider.com and click in the podcast section. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts or Google Play by searching Healthy Insider Podcast. Hit subscribe to never miss an episode. To join the conversation about the health and nutrition industry, leave a comment on the podcast's Twitter, Facebook, or SoundCloud account. This episode has been brought to you by Supply Side West, October 15th through the 19th in Las Vegas.